Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Shaw from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today for another client interview uh, that we're doing for you guys. Um, today, I have with me Nathan. Um, I'm really excited to have Nathan on because Nathan just uh, finished his summer 2021 investment banking recruiting process. It was definitely a long, grueling process, as I'm sure he will tell you, but uh, we're glad to be done. And uh, I wanted again to come on here and share his experience with you guys, especially. Uh, just talk more about his experience recruiting as an international student because that's like a very popular question that we get all the time. There are a lot of international students that want to break into investment banking. And as you, if you're an international student and you're listening to this, you probably already know that the degree of difficulty is much higher, right? And so we just want to come in, get him to come on here and share some insights with you guys. And hopefully this will help you guys. So uh, Nathan, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and you know, I've I've been in I've been I've been in in, in whoever's listening situation before. Um, I remember it was like this time. This time last year, I was in London, and then I saw one of the. I think it was another like like client testimonial video where you did with one of your clients mm-hmm. uh, who was also international. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, and I think because of that. So just to give uh, people just a quick intro on myself. Yeah. Uh, my name is Nathan. I, I was born and raised in Vietnam, which is uh, a pretty long way from, from, from New York and where I go to school at NYU. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of got interested in banking, probably like a lot of other people. I went to school. Um, NYU is definitely has like a very big presence of a business school. Yeah. And so I, that's where I heard about you know, the term investment banking, but really didn't know what it was. It was just like a, a term that was like thrown everywhere in all yeah. the clubs. Everyone was like, are you doing investment banking? <laughs> um, and I, I really didn't know what it was. Like, like I tell people that I know what it was, but I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of got more like serious about banking recruiting around like this time last year. So, so around like October, November of 20, 2019. Yeah. Um, and that was when I sort of figuring out, I figured out about Wall Street Mastermind through, I think it was one of your posts. Or, or, or it, you've been on my radar since like day one of school, but I never really gave much thought to it because I really didn't know like I want to do investment banking. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I signed up around that time. Um, you know, we worked on a couple of things. We worked on resume, worked on the cover letter, my LinkedIn profile. I didn't even have a LinkedIn back in October. Um, but, and, and yeah, I, I went through, I, I did, I, I think it was like taking a lot of steps, yeah. learning a lot through my mistakes. Um, and uh, and it's, it's been a really long process, honestly. But uh, yeah, I just sure. really got that it was over. For sure. Um, before we dive into all that good stuff. Um, so you, you go to NYU, like you said, um what are you studying at nyu just so people know yeah i started out nyu as an econ and math major in the college of arts and science which is um the liberal arts college of nyu mm-hmm. i transferred to stern um in after my sophomore year so when around like right smack in the middle of recruiting around april i changed my resume to like from like a NYU College of Art and Science to NYU Stern, which I think really adds a lot of credibility to my resume. Um, so, so I was so just to answer your question, I was econ major at first, transferred to Stern to do finance after sophomore year. Was that was that transferring difficult to do? Because I know that um, obviously, if you go to NYU Stern. That's like one of probably one of the best target schools you could go to. And then my understanding is if you go to NYU College of Arts and Sciences, you know, it's still good, but it's not as beneficial as going to Stern, right? So like I feel like a lot of people that go to NYU probably want to make that switch, but not everyone is able to, right? Like what were the what were, what was the process or what were the requirements that you had to go through to make that happen? Right. I one of my other friends who who also who is also Vietnamese, she transferred into Stern after freshman year, uh-huh. um, and I was thinking about doing that as well. But um, 
she got a 4.0 after freshman year. I didn't. Um, but I think it's getting interesting is uh, about you know maintaining a really high GPA, which I think it's it's actually a lot more manageable if you're in like different colleges outside of CERN. Um, so I was able to like basically flew through my freshman year taking like bare minimum courses like Calc 1, Calc 2, uh, Intro to Micro, Intro to Macro, yeah. and then got all A's in that class. Um, and I think that even though I'm taking really like just intro classes, it really boosts my resume, really boosts my GPA up. I think that is something really important when you're trying to get into Stern. Um, and I mean, there are like one or two courses that you are like recommended to take if you want to transfer like financial accounting. But to be honest, I don't think it, it was, I don't think it was that bad to transfer, to transfer, even though I know that before transferring, I've heard so many things about people to say how bad, how, how difficult it is. Yeah. But I think if you just maintain like a high GPA and write a decent essay, you have a pretty good shot. Got it. Okay. So it's primarily about your grades, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. So then you transferred to Stern. You started to think more seriously about getting into us making. So that we have been on your radar, but then ultimately, what was the what made you finally decide to reach out to us and join our program? Like, cause you could have, especially at a school like NYU, I'm sure there are so many students there who are trying to break into banking. You probably have friends that are trying to break into banking. You probably know some upperclassmen that, that have already gotten into banking. You're probably a part of some student organizations or finance society or clubs or whatever on campus where there's a bunch of people that, you know, could theoretically help you get into banking. And so like, why did you decide to go with Wall Street Mastermind as opposed to just maybe doing what most of the other people are doing? Right. I I think most of the things that you just mentioned didn't really apply to me. Okay. Um, So I transferred into Stern after I was already committed with Wall Street Mastermind, after I was already committed with breaking into banking. So I, so I went into the banking recruiting process as sort of like an underdog mentality. Like I'm, I don't, I don't go to a target school. I'm going to reach out to as many people as I can. Um, so I don't like doing a lot of my conversations with people like NYU alums, like 90% of them are from Stern. Um, but I don't necessarily portray myself as like someone, I, I don't like say, oh, we also go to Stern, but like, I don't also always I don't, you know, feel inferior to certain people. I think that's a mentality that I have going into it. So I'm going to give it my best. Um, so I think with, with that, so I, so just to like walk through how I, what I did, how I did what I did. Um, I signed up for this, um, this club at Stern called Finance Society. And they have this really selective, um, like mentorship thing. And I went into the recruiting process telling them that I want to do equity research. Um, and they were like, right, but this, you know that this is an investment banking club, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, yeah, but uh, you know, they're kind of like interchangeable, like the skill set are interchangeable. Uh, but anyways, I went through that, totally bombed the, the technical interviews. And I think after that, I got, just got really panicked. And also during the same semester, like going through the same interview process for that club was my roommate who who went to Stern was very aggressive in his recruitment process. Um, and I was just, I think I got peer pressure by him a lot. And so that's why I reached out to, um, reach out to you guys just to get some sort of, you know, first initial guidance on, on where I should head. Um, and after some back and forth, you know, we signed. Got it. So, you try to get into one of these clubs, one of these exclusive feeder clubs on campus. Weren't able to get in, unfortunately. It sounded like you also were kind of clueless back then about how to answer their questions and what they were really looking for. And so that probably didn't yeah. help. But, uh, but also you lived with someone who was very on top of their recruiting game and was probably mm-hmm. doing all the right things. And you were just kind of comparing yourself to your roommate is seeing like, well, if this is my competition, how am I going to be able to 
get the job that I want over someone like this. And then that's when you decide that you should probably get some help. Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that. Okay. Understood. So then you came into the program. Um, I mean, did you have any skepticism about the program before you came in? Like, were you wondering like, geez, is this going to be a good program or not? Is this actually going to work for me? Or like, what was going through your head as you were making this decision about whether you should join this program or not? Yeah, that, that was actually one of the major like concerns I have coming in. Um, I remember like one of the first thing I told, so after I had like, like an hour or two hour call with one of your, um, with, with John, who works with you in the early days, um, I told the, the guy that, who was also competing with me for, for the investment banking club position, I just telling him, oh, I talked to this guy. He's like he's supposed to like help people with uh, banking recruitment. And the guy totally think that it's like a scam, um, which really, you know, decreased my confidence in whether or not to join. But, but that's, at the same time, you know, I, I did more research by myself and just seeing like, oh, you, you know, like information are there. It's not like there isn't information. It's just like there's so much information that I really didn't know where to start. Um, and so I, I think, and I've like, back in, back in, I think my, my, I guess, skepticism with like coaching businesses in general really stems from like, like high school application, like college application. I didn't really have a good um, experience. And so I, I was definitely very skeptical. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think it was after our conversation. So I talked to, to John and after that I talked to you and I think it's just like having the sense of guidance and knowing what steps to take, having like a clear structure of what steps to take. Um, it's sort of like why I decided to go in, in the last place. Got it. Okay. So a couple of things you mentioned there that's pretty interesting. One, you talk to someone else about this program, presumably someone who hasn't done the program, but they told you that it was a scam, which we get that a lot because a lot of people don't know what this program is. And so yeah. well, they've never heard of a program like this. And then so those, oh, it's a scam. But something you said that I thought was interesting was that, of course that created more doubt and skepticism in your mind, but then you decided to go out and do your own research and look into basically do your own due diligence to see if this program was valid or not. And then you came to your own conclusions, right? Which makes sense that you would do that, but actually you'd be surprised because like we talk to a lot of people and they'll say, Oh, they're interested in program. And they'll say, Oh, well then I saw on wall street Oasis that you guys are a scam. So you guys must be a scam. Right. And then, uh, the thing is like, there's so much proof we have. So we have all these testimonials and client interviews like the one we're doing now and uh, screenshots of things that our clients send us. And it's just like, it's hard to fake this stuff, right? Trust file reviews and um, all the evidence is there. It's just a matter of whether you want to look at it or not, or what you want, what you're going to see, what you want to see. Right. Um, and so I thought, I thought that was a really interesting point. It's like some people like you, you'll choose to, trust your own judgment on what the, what the evidence is telling you. And then some people are very easily swayed by uh, the opinions of strangers, right? Who may or may not know what they're talking about. And I would say for something as important as your career, which ultimately you're the one who's responsible for the outcome, you just want to make sure that you're making the best decision for you, right? And you're taking ownership of that decision. So that was interesting. The other thing that you talked about is, you didn't have a good experience with coaching back in high school. Was that for like um, college admissions consulting or something? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Got it. it wasn't very good. <laughs> so we run into that a lot too, which is a lot of um, students that we talk to, maybe they had a bad experience in the past, typically with college admissions consulting or something. And so it's like, that will, that will scar you, right? That will make you think like, Ooh, like, but a bad coaching experience, so it's just going to be like that, right? Um, 
which is unfortunate because you're right. There are a lot of bad services out there. But what I always encourage people to do is like, you have to kind of judge each service based on its own merit, right? It's kind of like, right. if you go to a bad restaurant and you get food poisoning, you're not going to say, hey, I'm never going to go out and eat at any other restaurants ever again yeah. because all restaurants are bad, right? Because every restaurant is its own restaurant, right? And one has nothing to do with the other. But, but you know, I understand the psychology behind like, hey, it's human nature. If we've been burned once, we don't want to be burned again, right? So ultimately, I mean, aside from talking to me, was there anything else that kind of gave you the peace of mind that – Hey, okay. I think this is like a legit thing. I guess you knew someone that had done the program before you, right? You found out you knew someone that had done the program before you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I know, I know, um, I know Maxie. She, um, she did a program. Um, like when I, I first reached out to Maxie because she's also Vietnamese, we, we went, we, uh, we both came from the same country. Um, I reached out to her and once I, once that I know that she was in the program, I reached out to her and asked about, um, asked about you in particular for her, uh, you know, honest opinion of the of the program. And you know, one of the things that she mentioned was you was like oh, you were always always there and having this, like again, you know, what's really important to me. And I think that's what also important to her is the guidance, like the sense of guidance, like the structure was important. Um, and I think with that, I think that was like you know the 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 final piece of the puzzle that made me well, it's like you know she did that well it's hard yes but i'm gonna do that too yeah um which means that it's possible it's not impossible i think right. you know that's why i saw right yeah because she also i mean she also an international student and she ended up going to jp morgan so that gave you more peace of mind that this actually can work right mm -hmm. um, that makes sense so, okay, great. So then you overcame that mental block, I guess. You came into the program. What, what did we end up doing in the program? We're like, what did you find to be, I mean, I, I know we did a lot, but like which parts of the program did you find to be the most beneficial or helpful for you? Hmm. I think, so so just to walk over some so just to like reach off my mind about some of the things like me walking myself over some of the things that we did as in like the steps that we took so i know that so when after we signed which is in i was biking i was biking in new york after london and i first worked I, I remember spending a lot of time working on my resume that's the first part um resume cover letter and my linkedin that's like the three things that we worked on the first uh, which I thought was really helpful. My resume looks a lot different. Mine back in high school was like oak colored up with like like nine fonts, like bullet points that don't even go to like the end of the line. Right. Um, it just looks bad, and I think that was that was definitely really helpful. Yeah. And I think, but I but I really think the the biggest part is just going over back and forth with my behavioral questions. Um, that was some of the things that, that was the thing that I had most trouble with, uh, especially as an international student too, because it's difficult to you know, connect emotionally with whoever you're talking to. Um, and, and, you know, I, I worked a lot on the behavioral questions, um, just going over like probably like 10 times, just like tell me about yourself. Um, until I sort of figure out a format that works for me. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that was, that was really important to me in the process. And, oh, and one more thing I thought was, um, was important too is having sort of an expectation of the networking process. You know, I thought in the beginning, talking to my friends who, who, who was in London with me, that you know, networking is probably, I probably only have to call like 20 people and like, that's it. The, the job oh. is sealed and I'm going to be done and all. But I think coming into the, and coming into the program and hearing how much you said about like, like the, the tunnel, like different like tunnels of, of people to reach out to. Mm -hmm. That's just like, it's, I raised my expectation to the point that now when I'm 
sending out like thousands of emails. I probably send out like thousands of emails. Wow. Um, it makes, I don't feel like, oh, like, should I continue doing it? Because I'm just going to continue doing it. Um, just yeah. like raising my expectation about um, the networking process. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you talked about a couple of things there. You said, first of all, redoing all of your application material so that you're yeah. presenting yourself yeah. in a better way on paper. So your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile. And then that obviously helps you give off a better first impression, not only when you're applying for jobs, but also even when you're reaching out to network with bankers, I'm sure a lot of times they're looking you up and seeing if you're someone that's worth talking to and that'll affect how many responses you actually get, right? Yeah, right. And the second thing that you said was really big for you was just as an international student, how do you tell your story in a way that still allows you to be able to have a strong rapport with your interviewer or with the banker that you're talking to and still be able to um, basically make yourself stand out from the other people. Yeah, sort of building that rapport while also making you stand out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the, so on, I agree, like for international students, typically it's harder because whether it's, you know, they have maybe a bit of a language barrier or a cultural barrier, like it's just easier to connect with people that are more similar to yourself, right? That's just how it is. And so as an international student, not being born and raised here and mm -hmm. like, what do you feel like was the, was the key to overcoming that kind of, diff that, that, that barrier, I guess? Um, honestly, it's a lot of trial and error, you know? Um, like, I remember like, some of my first conversations just went literally reading questions off and asking them without really interacting. Um, it just sounds a lot like scripted, but I think after a while, and also I think I went into the process again with the mentality that I, just because I'm international, it doesn't mean I'm at a dis disadvantage, um, which I might actually be, but I, I went into the process with the mentality that, oh, I'm, I'm just as competitive as internet as Americans, I'm just not happen to be allowed to apply to certain places. Mm. So that's a mentality coming in to the networking process, to the application process. Um, and in terms of like building rapport with people, um, I've heard people talk a lot about, you know, watching like American stuff, um, like American football, American basketball. I didn't really do that. I think it's just a lot about telling your own story and reciprocating what the other person has to say rather than just like going off questions got it right so having an actual organic and authentic back and forth conversation that's not scripted as opposed to having a list of predetermined questions that you're just reading off of yeah yeah that makes sense because i mean look that's the mistake that we see a lot of students make is they have they predetermine what questions they want to ask the banker and that typically what will happen is it turns into it feels more like an interrogation not a conversation right mm -hmm. whereas i think the way that we teach it is we give you a framework not a script yeah. networking but it's a framework where you're there's a five-step process where we call it the ideas framework where oh, yeah. you can take the banker through this progression throughout your conversation so that you go from being a total stranger at the beginning of the conversation mm -hmm. to by the end of it, um, if you've done your job correctly, you want them to basically offer to refer you, right? Cause you can't ask right. them, but you want them to offer to refer you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the goal of every networking conversation is not just like this in informational thing where I ask you some questions and then we never talk again. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay. So then we worked on your behaviorals. We worked on your networking. Um, what about on the technical side? Like, what did you do there? Um, wait, can you give me one sec? My 3G just ran out of data and I need to, uh, yeah, reload sure. it. <laughs> do what you need to do. In terms of the technicals, um, so I, <laughs> it, it's funny because I applied to the same club two years, freshman and sophomore year. Um, so in freshman year, 
they asked me what are the three financial segments. I said shareholder equity, which is not even like one of the main three, um, and cash flow segment. That's like those two things that I barely remember from like fin financial accounting 101. Um, and then, so after that, I did some like research, I read up like what are the three financial statements. Um, and then I thought I was really well prepared for my sophomore interview. And then they now asked me, what are the three valuation methodologies? I'm like, I've never heard about those. I said comparables. Um, I said DCF. And they're like, and they keep asking me questions on those, which are now that I've looked back at it, were really basic. Yeah. Um, I really didn't know. And if, if for the for questions that I knew, it was really just like remembering what why like what the answer is rather than why it is that it is. Um, and and so when we when when I signed with you the first or like we went over like the videos where you're explaining sort of like the concepts behind it. And I thought like knowing what where you need to start first in terms of like financial accounting, like it builds up on one another. Mm. Um, and so by the end of it, um, I got a pretty good sense about the, the fundamentals, like, you know, just like a basic questions. Um, and after that, I can sort of, you know, comfortably either read the guides or just like read the guides, like, and learn by myself yeah. after I have that, that fundamental understanding of the technicals. So in other words, you feel like before, when you were just trying to study the technicals on your own, because you didn't have the fundamentals down, you didn't have that foundational knowledge, you were kind of just memorizing answers to questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you get asked a question that you didn't actually memorize, then you wouldn't know what to do versus after you came in the program, because the way we teach you all the technicals is not through memorization, it's through an actual mm -hmm. conceptual level understanding. Mm -hmm. Now that you had that, yeah. you could go back and do whatever practice questions you want and then everything makes a lot more sense is that what you're saying yeah yeah exactly understood okay cool so then i mean obviously so you started working with us last november i want to say and now you know you got your offer recently and it was what like end of october right and so it was like it's, yeah it was like almost a year right it's like maybe 11 months so what has the last 11 months been like for you? I mean, like just, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to like um, only talk about the good stuff, like give people the, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Like, I mean, recruiting is freaking hard, right? Recruiting mm -hmm. as an international student in 2020 with COVID is even harder, right? So what has this process been like for you? Like, you know, how many interviews did you have to, I mean, you already talked about how many people you had to reach out to, to network with, but like how many interviews have you had and like how hard was it to ultimately get an offer that you were happy with? Yeah. Um, I, it, it was a long time. And, and I think the reason why you are different from like my previous coaching back in like the, the admission consulting back in high school, was that you were real coming, so like you were real with me coming to the process that you don't sugarcoat it by saying that it's gonna be easy. It's gonna like, once you do this steps, like you're gonna automatically get the job. It's not like that. Um, there, there was a lot of, um, so like I came into the process, you know, with a realistic mindset, like an optimistic, but realistic mindset that, you know, banking is hard, banking, like I'm gonna do all the steps and I'm gonna do even more than than like you know other people might have because my options are limited right um and so i started um i started networking i started sending out emails um during lunar new year for me which is like end of um like end of january i sent out, started out sending um january after that um and and the i started out sending out emails in late January, early February. And I ramped up, it, it got, I ramped up my, I guess, sending out emails throughout February, throughout March, throughout April, throughout May. That's like 
when I was most aggressive with networking. Um, and I sent out a lot of emails. Um, I ended up talking to around 150 bankers. Um, These are like and, people that you actually had conversations with. Yeah, like, like actual conversation. Um, but I, I think if I had to go back to, just like in terms of like the networking process, if I had the chance to go back, I would start sooner. Um, I would start sooner so that, and, and start with like the, the less important, if that makes sense, banks. Um, just because I, some, some of the times I started out my networking with some like GS, who is one of the few, the few firms that sponsor. And I totally bombed the, not bombed, but like it was very generic didn't really leave much of an impression and so yeah. if I had the chance to go back I would start sooner and then build up that confidence yeah and then once like once I'm comfortable I can reach out to like the more important banks but um yeah wh where was that so I talked to that um my interview my sort of networking thing kind of only got better around after two months of of, of calling people where I begin to like comfortably set like a like a structure that works for me that makes me that makes me feel comfortable that also builds the report with the whoever I'm talking to um, and I think yeah so so what yeah I, I think after that and in terms of the interviews I first had so I didn't know that interviews are going to kick off that early but I got a first round with Barrett and um, I think it was like late February for 2021 summer internship there uh, in uh, Milwaukee or Chicago. I don't remember. But I did that first interview. I really didn't have any preparation. Went to the first round. I totally bombed the interview. I don't even know what I put on my resume, which I, which I think is a really important thing. Uh, that you should know everything that you wrote down in your resume. Yeah. Um, had that and then had a couple others during the summer but nothing really convert had a bike office with um with a botch market firm um which it ended up being an offer um in terms of like banking interviews and banking super days i made it to mizuho super day yeah um but did not convert it to like an offer which uh and then about three weeks later after that mizuho i got an offer um it was it was a it was a really long emotional roller coaster, honestly. Yeah. And uh, like as much as I want to say that it's easy, it's actually not. Of course. Yeah, it's not easy at all. Um. So, I mean, you mentioned a few things there. So you said, if you were, first of all, you ended up talking to 150 bankers, which is a lot more and reaching out to even more than that. Cause not everyone you reach out to is probably going to talk to you. Right. But yeah, you know, talking to 150 bankers and then, but what you would do differently if you could go back is you would actually start earlier and you would actually probably practice with maybe the, the, the banks that you don't care about as much that are lower stakes. Mm -hmm. And so you can mess up a couple of times before you get comfortable before you go and talk to the ones that you really cared about. Right. And I think that's a really good piece of advice, but realistically you could only do something like that if you were to start early, right? Cause if you were to start late, yeah. then you only have a choice. Then you just have to network with whoever is already hiring. And so that makes sense. Um, and then in terms of the interviews, it sounds like it was pretty hard to get an interview as an international student. Like you talked about Barry, you talked about Mizuho and then obviously, um, ultimately you know there's the offer that you got which um by the way where did you get an offer from just so people know oh i'm going to uh cibc which is uh, a middle market firm yep okay so so you have these three interviews did you have any other firms that interviewed you i got i got into the super day with evercore for their private capital advisory practice yeah. Um, got into Super Day with Credit Suisse again in the private capital advisory practice. Um, um, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. It's it's definitely not easy. Yeah. So oh, what, I, were you, oh, what, were, what were you yeah. finding 
because I'm sure you you reached out to a lot more banks than that, but this year in 2020 specifically, were there a lot of banks that were actually sponsoring? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I remember waking up one day and then saw JP Morgan posting their job application and saw that U.S. work authorization is required. And you're the first person that I texted after that. I'd be like, oh, shoot, they're not sponsoring. Yeah. Which uh, which was pretty bummed because the only person that I know who's like international, who got the job, who got the offer, got from JP Morgan. And now like the that firm Maxi. in particular doesn't sponsor anymore. Yeah. It was Maxi, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of international students were disappointed by it this year because JP Morgan did sponsor last year, but then they decided to stop sponsoring this year. And that's really the tough part too is that People always like to ask me, like, hey, Sam, do you have a list of banks that will sponsor visas? And I was like, mm -hmm. tell them, like, well, I can tell you who sponsored visas last year, but, like, it changes every year. Like, some right. banks will do it one year and not do it another year. I mean, this year, obviously, with COVID and firms cutting back on hiring in general, they become a lot stricter about sponsoring visas, right? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, was there, did you have like a good way of figuring out who actually sponsored and who didn't? Or is it just a matter of reaching out to all the banks and trying to figure it out one at a time? Um, yeah, I, I, I should have done it. But in all of my conversations with bankers, I never asked if they sponsor. And I never asked for like HR contact. So I never, I don't, from all my conversations with bankers, I don't really know what by sponsors. The way I found it out was um, either through asking through like, Washington Oasis, I think more importantly, asking through um, people who are also in the programs. Um, they have, a lot of them have like good understanding about, you know, what the firm positions are in terms of sponsorship. So with those two combinations, um, that's how I knew. But, you know, now looking back, there are like a couple of firms that don't sponsor. But I didn't know about that. So I spent so much time, so much effort, just like talking to the bankers there, um, which ended up, didn't really lead to to anything, um, but just wasting my time. Mm. Got it. So basically, if you could go back, one thing that you probably would have done differently is find out up front which yeah. bank actually sponsors and which bank doesn't so that you can allocate your time more strategically. Mm -hmm. Understood. Yeah. Okay. I, I spent like, I talked to like 10 people at UBS just to find out that they don't sponsor. Got it. Yeah, that must be frustrating, right? Um, especially like, I mean, you would think that a bank like UBS, which is a foreign bank, typically they're a bit more uh, friendlier about sponsoring visas. But again, this was a weird year, so I'm not surprised they didn't do that. Um, what uh, what do you feel like ultimately made the difference for you in terms of like, cause you know, like you didn't get the Baird one, right? You made it to the Mizuho Super Day and you got pretty close. You didn't get that offer. And then on the third try though, when you got the CIBC Super Day, you did end up getting that offer. So was there a difference in terms of something you did preparing in terms of preparing for those interviews or just your performance during those interviews or like, was there something that you feel like made a big difference for you? Uh, yeah. In terms of, so just going over the three main like banking interviews that I had, not counting like the, the private capital um, firms, private capital groups. So in terms of the bear interview, I was really underprepared in all aspects. So that one, which is, a no-brainer that I didn't get the Super Day invite. Yeah. Um, for Mizuho, I was really stressing myself out. Like, really stressing myself out in terms of, you know, having, if I don't get this, I'm like, done. Um, and I think that uh, ended up affecting my performance on the Super Day, where I come off really stressed out and really, like, nervous, like, anxious. Uh, but with CIBC, I sort of walk into it with, a much calmer, um, 
like mindset. Like if I don't get this, I'm gonna have more opportunities down the line, even if it might not be in banking. So just like it gives me the chance to not be so stressed about it. And I think that's comes off in my interview as being more relaxed and more down to earth with the people. Right. And you, so when, when you got the offer finally from CIBC after almost a year of grinding, um, who was the first person you told? Is your mom? Think, no, my mom was like asleep. It was like three in the morning. So probably not my mom. Um, you were one of the first, like the, the, the group chat we had was like one of the first. Um, I texted my girlfriend. Um, I texted um, a mentor, not like a mentor, but like a, a friend mentor I had at school who has been really helping me out with, uh, with, with stuff. Yeah, I think those are like the three. Because like most of the people, most of my friends was like, that's not, that ass asleep for three, four in the mornings. <laughs> what, um, uh, I, I, what, uh, what did your girlfriend say when you told, when you told her? Oh, she was also asleep. I just texted her. Um, <laughs> but I, I know that I'm going to get the offer, like the decision that night because they asked me to call them at like 12, like midnight for like another HR interview. So, and after that interview, they're like, oh, we're going to let you know in like a couple hours. So I was like, had a rough idea about like the time. Mm. So. Got it. And what about your mom? What did she say the next day when you told her? Oh yeah, she, uh, she I slept at five that day, like 5 a.m. She was banging on my door at seven. Yeah, she was so excited. Um, you know, you know, it's it's definitely like she went through the process with me as I went through all the interviews. Um, I miss a lot of a lot of you know family dinners just because I had like a call, the networking call coming up like 9 p.m. Mm. Um, so she know how much I try and how much effort that I put into the process and how much like failure I've gone through. Just like especially with the Mizuho. So she's, she was, you know, yeah, really, really excited, even more so than I am. Yeah. That's great, man. I mean, look, cause I mean, obviously as parents, now that I am a parent, I can relate, but as parents, we all want our kids to do well. Right. And we do everything we can to um, help them achieve their goals. And obviously, you know, your mom, helped you um, by helping you join this program and stuff like that. So even like sending you uh, abroad to be an international student, like that's probably a huge investment for them. And so just to be able to see all of that come to fruition and pay off. I mean, the whole point of doing that is to get a good career, right? That's why we, that's why we do these things for our kids. And so to see that pay off, I can only imagine I mean, my daughter's only one years old, so I'm a, I'm a while away from being able to experience that. But I can imagine, like, the day when she gets her first job and if it's a really good job and she's super excited, like, I'm just going to be so happy yeah. and so relieved. It's like, okay, everything we've done up to this point, it's, this is what it's about. Like, this is paid off, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, that's awesome, man. So I guess – uh. Last question for you. If you could just give one piece of advice to whoever's listening right now, maybe they're in the situation that you used to be in. Maybe they're an international student. Maybe they're about to go into the investment banking recruiting process. Like what's something that you know now that you wish you had known back then or that you wish someone had told you back then that would have maybe made things a lot easier for you or you know, just saved you a lot of pain or uh, just any advice that you have for people in general? Yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I think I have one for like people going through the process and one for international students in general. Okay. Um, just like for, for those going through the process, I think one of the things that I went through that I experienced and uh, now that if I had to go through it again, if I had known this, it would make the process a lot easier is that don't take everything too personal. Uh, going through the process, you will meet people 
you will meet good people and then you will meet people who are not very like you know helpful or they not very helpful to you and they can be a bit um you know condescending i would say mm. but but you know don't take it personal um there are like so many people out there who are like very willing to help you out people in the group people who are also in the program or you or, or idealists they're, they're all willing to help you out they care about you and they want you to succeed um but i think like going through the process there are so many times when i take rejections i take like people not responding well people not responding to my emails very personally like mm. what did i do wrong mm. um but at the end of the day you know the process is hard people are busy and with that you know if you keep taking everything keep taking all the rejection personally and think too much about it um it's just gonna wear you out and <laughs> leave you super stressed out like i was yeah um and i think for international students one of the things that i came in to the program and to banking recruitment is to not think of myself as being disadvantaged compared to americans like like i was born and raised in vietnam which is like 18 years of vietnamese culture ingrained into me um, i only got to the states for college but going through the process like whenever i see like whenever i talk to people um i use all of my cultural background as like a selling point rather than like oh i'm, I'm from vietnam like i need like a visa requirement so it might not be a good idea or whatnot just like frame it differently in your mind and i think it will portray to either the interviews or the networking process mm. got it okay that's really good actually um you're basically i think both of the things both of the pieces of advice that you gave are actually is less about like the tactical stuff like oh this is how you network or this is how you answer certain interview questions but it's more on um like mindset, mindset and yeah. mentality right like one not taking things too personally because at the end of the day not everyone's going to be super helpful but also they, they don't have a reason to help you sometimes and there's just very like mm -hmm. it's nothing personal it's just that they're very very busy and they can't help everybody but yeah. uh people aren't thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself and then the second thing is mm -hmm. yeah i mean and even on that like you you, you can just focus on people that are willing to help you and find those people, whether it's in Wall Street Mastermind or outside of Wall Street Mastermind or wherever you can find them, but like find the people that are willing to help you and lean on them and rely on them. And then the second thing is don't view yourself as like an inferior candidate to maybe someone who's not an international student because you in fact are just as good as they are. You have to believe that before the interviewer is going to believe that or if you don't believe that yourself then the interviewer is not going to believe that either because whatever you believe is going to come through when you're talking and when you're when you're delivering your answers and even in your body language and just everything you do right um so i think that's great advice yeah absolutely that's great advice that's really powerful so um look guys like if you're still listening to this i think um so many takeaways that I have, but really, I think the biggest one for me is just, and this is not anything you probably didn't already know, but as an international student, it's just a lot harder, right? There's a lot of things that are outside of your control also, like, hey, yeah. which firm is going to sponsor visas this year and which firm is not? Oh, is there a pandemic that caused fewer firms to sponsor? Okay, like all these things, like Nathan didn't know that was going to happen when he first started recruiting. Right. But you can either choose to worry about the things that are outside of your control, which case is really a waste of your time and energy where you can worry about the things that are within your control. Like, Hey, how many people are you reaching out to? How many conversations are you having? Are you getting a little bit better at your craft every single day, whether it's answering the behavioral questions and you practicing those answers over and over and over again, like 10 different times, to learning the technicals, to having the right mentality, to never giving up, even after going through this roller coaster of a process where sometimes you're up here and then all of a sudden you're down here and whatever. It's just like, but like one thing is for sure, like is that you never gave up. 
right? And so at the end of this long, long, long process, you finally got the offer that you wanted. And that's a super rewarding feeling, right? Because it's like, okay, all of that hard work has paid off. But so many people who are in your position, they would have given up a long time ago. And then they would have, they might've been three feet away from gold, right? Like imagine. I almost did. Yeah. Like what if you gave up right after Mizuha and that was only like three weeks before you got the offer. Right. And so you just got to keep going, but you got to have the right mentality. You got to get the help that you need. Um, And if you just control the variables that are in your control, more often than not, things will work out in your favor in the end. Right. So um, look, I think there's been so many insightful things that Nathan has talked about today on this call. Um, super appreciative for that. Um, look, for those of you that if you guys are looking for help um, with investment banking recruiting, maybe you know that, hey, as an international student, I'm at even more of a disadvantage, not because you're not as qualified, but just because, you know, the circumstances are just harder. There's no ifs or buts about it. And you want to have that competitive advantage that maybe gives you a bit of a a boost and helps you level the playing field with all the competition that's out there, then, you know, that's what we're here for. And we worked with so many international students before, and we've been very successful with our international student clients so far, but, you know, I want to encourage you to reach out to us, right? You can speak to our team first. We do a free consultation. It's a free strategy session and you can book that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, The street's abbreviated to ST, so you go to www.wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, you know, we'll hop on with you. We'll learn more about your situation. We'll understand what your goals are and what what challenges you're having. And like Nathan said, like, we'll give you a very honest assessment of what it is that you need to do and how hard it's going to be and – and then you can make a determination like, and we can make a determination together. Like if it's something that we can help you with, um, obviously we can talk about that, but even if it's not um, at a minimum, we'll just give you some advice on what we think we would do if we were in your issues. Right. So again, it's a totally free strategy session. I encourage you guys to take us up on the offer. Um, but other than that, Nathan, thank you so much for taking all this time to talk to us and share your experience with us. And, uh, I'm super happy for you, man, that um, you finally, uh, this journey has come to a conclusion yeah. for now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're excited for it to be over as well. And I look forward to um, what you're able to accomplish this upcoming summer at your internship. And then also beyond that, you know, for full time. And as you actually start working in investment making, you know, look forward to seeing all the success that you have ahead of you. So um, thanks again for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, no worries. And, uh, you know, I, I know that I was clueless before, but I'm sure that you guys, whoever listening, can benefit off, like, you know, like I have. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so, guys, that'll be it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys found this helpful. And as always, we'll be back with more of these for you guys um, in the near future. All right. Um, talk to you guys soon.